The Viewpoint on SAFM with Songizo Mabeke, Monday to Thursday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. Somebody else might see this as a political platform that benefits one party or that sponsors one party over another or others, but it is certainly based on empirical evidence and studies. This evening's guest is a public health specialist at the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. We are simply here to engage the facts. Dr. Wasila Jassat is on the line to talk to us about COVID-19 and hospitalization. Now, we're breaking this up in relation to which province has a high mortality rate. This is even contemplating and accounting for age, sex, comorbidities, and admissions to either private and public hospitals. This is essentially a final analysis report. According to the study recently published in the South African Journal of Science, the risk of a hospitalized person dying from COVID-19 in the Eastern Cape was almost double that of the same risk of somebody dying of the same condition in the Western Cape. Now, Wasilla, this is some serious confirmation of the disparities in the access to health care in this country. And in this instance, you mentioned the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape. But paint for us, please, a broader picture and some of the facts that we ought to be cognizant of. Good evening, though. Welcome to SFM. Good evening, Sangeza, and thanks for having me. And thanks for discussing this very important issue. Um, So, yeah, we have been running a hospital surveillance program at the NICD since uh, the COVID pandemic started in South Africa. We collect data from all the public and private hospitals on COVID-19 admissions. And in a recent analysis, uh, we looked at uh, the factors associated with mortality. And the major finding is that if you were black, colored or Indian, you had a higher risk of dying. If you were admitted in a public hospital, you had a higher risk of dying than a private hospital. And if you were admitted in provinces like Eastern Cape, Limpopo, KZN, uh, you had a higher risk of dying than if you had been admitted in the Western Cape. I suppose the question is, why is that? What is it? Because I understand from this now that the Western Cape is the lodestar. And how it compares generally to what South Africa could do versus what it is doing is something else, or how it compares to other countries of similar strength is something else. Right now, though, what we do know is Western Cape is ahead of the other provinces. What are they then doing that other provinces are not or that other provinces could be doing but for whatever reason isn't happening? Well, we must remember that mortality from COVID-19 is as a result of many factors. You know, there's patient factors, so your your particular risk factors like older age, male sex, uh, non, you know, people of color, um, uh, the presence of a number of comorbidities. But then there are also health system factors. Um, And certainly we are seeing differences between the public and private sector. We're seeing differences between provinces. And even within provinces, we're seeing some hospitals with much higher mortality than other hospitals. So I think it talks a little bit about the effectiveness of the health system and how they are planning for their health services. It talks about hospitals, you know, uh, and hospitals at different levels and the uh, resources that they have in terms of staffing, oxygen, ventilators and ICU. So I think it's quite complex, um, you know, trying to understand exactly what's causing these disparities in mortality. Perhaps I should have asked perhaps then in this regard this question. 
there is a central department of health, the National Department of Health, but there are provincial departments of health. Now, how does it change when the budgets and the necessary resource distributions are sent to the provinces based on the previous year's expenditure and the needs of the province, which the provinces themselves would then go and advance, I understand, at the budget vote. Where does the Western Cape differ, say, to the Eastern Cape? Because these are the two provinces that we highlighted. But, I mean, in in Limbobo, for instance, in Guazulin-Dal, the risk of hospital patients dying was 1.7 and 1.5 times greater, respectively. So, between 1.5 to 2, that's where the Eastern Cape, Limbobo, and KwaZulu-Natal feature. So again, Western Cape is ahead of these at least three provinces. I don't imagine Freeset would be ahead of the Northwest of Mpumalanga for that matter, or even the Northern Cape. Now, how does the provincial administration lend itself to create the better outcomes in the Western Cape? That isn't taking place say, in the other provinces. I understand the clinical aspects, which we will get to, but at this stage, I just want to probe the administrative aspects. Um, remember, we've got a decentralized system. Uh, our health system's decentralized, and so you have a national health authority, but you have provinces with uh, authority for delivering health services. Correct. And they have, uh, you know, resources provided to them based on the size of the population and the disease burden, but they have the mandate to set, um, you know, health health priorities, to uh, resource the way they want to, and to implement policies the way they want to. And so we've seen differences emerge, um, you know, between different provinces uh, long before COVID, you know, and for many other diseases as well, we see very different um, health access and health outcomes in the different provinces. Now, it's not all about uh, health, you know, the, the effectiveness of the health management at the provincial level. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's also historical uh, uh, inequalities. Yes, yes. Uh, provinces like the Western Cape have historically been better resourced. They have more hospitals, um, more, more health staff as well. And then other provinces have other challenges, you know, uh, that are provinces that are very rural, that have, uh, you know, transport network issues, that have resourcing issues uh, because of the nature and the context of, of those provinces. So, I mean, it's a combination of the geographic constraints, the, the burden of disease. I mean, provinces like Mpumalanga, Eastern Cape, have a huge burden of H- uh, HIV. Uh, Eastern Cape, KZN, huge burden of TB as well. So I think it's a combination of the burden of disease, the geographic context, but certainly I think what you're pointing to is is very correct, that there is different um, sort of uh, approaches to um, managing the health system in the different provinces. And I'll just give you an example yeah. uh, from COVID-19. In the Western Cape, they've had a really effective a surveillance program running where they actually have an information system in the public sector for all their public sector patients. And they could track uh, patients visiting clinics to patients visiting hospitals. They could link their data of infection and hospitalization. And that was very valuable uh, in COVID-19. They also had really effective um, sort of health planning uh, for the pandemic and particularly for the waves. We saw them uh, mobilize surge capacity at um, field hospitals, uh, have really effective referral networks between hospitals. They do really good 
bed planning and you know for, for surge capacity in in terms of bed huddles and oxygen huddles every day discussing during the peaks of the waves discussing where the constraints are where the uh, surplus availability is where they can move patients so i mean i think that they have certainly done well in terms of um you know the preparedness uh, during the pandemic waves i mean and, and, and I think that's what, among other things, we need to seriously pay attention to. Health planning is critical for mitigating the risks associated. In this instance, now we're talking about COVID-19. Health planning, proper coordination between the very many stakeholders in the health enterprise, not least for the effective use and distribution of resources. The outcomes, the clinical outcomes, are a result of everything that happens before the engagement of the patient at a healthcare facility. Is that a fair assessment to make in relation to what you've just said? Absolutely. I mean, you know, implementing any policy or program is, um, you know, uh, sort of influenced by so many factors. It's the people in the system, it's the content of the policy or the program you're implementing and the complexity of it. It's a context, you know, in the environment uh, that you're working in. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so how some provinces manage to overcome the barriers and, and obstacles uh, is through good um, management, good planning uh, and good coordination. Uh, it's it's forecasting the resources that you may need. It's uh, looking at surveillance data and using information for planning. Uh, and so, so yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right that uh, you know th- that those that kind of approach to to planning uh, does lead to better outcomes and better implementation of programs. Now, the National Institute of Communicable Diseases has conducted this study. It obviously needs stakeholders within the broader public health care system to act. Assume for a moment I am a representative of the Eastern Cape province or Limbobo or KZN, whoever, and these numbers don't paint that provincial health administration in the necessary glowing light. Not necessarily because of poor administration, but equally because of the legacies that these administrations have now inherited. I mean, you mentioned geography, for instance, and the relative difficulty there is to access healthcare facilities before you talk about all the other things. How do we ensure or how do we empower these bodies, these provinces, therefore, to make the necessary adjustments to bring these figures down. Eastern Cape double. How do we get the Eastern Cape from 2 to 1.5? Um, Limbopo from 1.7 to 1.3. KZN from 1.5 to be on par, let's say, with the Western Cape. How do we do that? Or what are we advocating for in the main? Yeah, I, I'm always very interested in health systems because it's not. we, we often talk about the hardware that's the resources, you know, uh, staff and equipment and medicines and laboratory services. But there's also the software in health systems. And that's the sort of the softer things, uh, the leadership, the relationships, the commitment, the ownership, the buy-in. And I think we need to start thinking about fixing the health systems, uh, you know, from those perspectives. Um, we can keep saying that there aren't enough resources, but that's not going to, um, you know, completely answer the question uh, and, and fix the problem. Um, and so I think it 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 talks about, um, you know, strengthening leadership. It talks about, um, you know, improving our leadership at all levels, provincial, district, at facility level, 
improving the way that we plan, uh, the way that we understand data and use that data for planning, the way we monitor our programs and see where resources are needed, um, and, and sort of using innovations in the health system as well uh, to try and improve things. When, of course, a public protector report justifies for the putting of a provincial Department of Health and Administration, all the things that you have said become that much more pronounced when you talk about the software of healthcare. I mean, when you have to go under administration, that's probably confirmation. The software aspects are completely absent. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are huge problems in our um, health system, but it's, it's you know, just I'll just focus particularly on COVID-19. It's not for want of trying. Um, at the NICD, I'm responsible for the COVID-19 hospital surveillance. I've been working with the National Department of Health since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, we have a weekly meeting on hospital readiness. Uh, there's a weekly meeting on, uh, um, you know, preparedness with the provinces. They are expected to present their current status, their gaps, and, you know, what they need to do. It's not for want of uh, focusing and paying attention to the problem, knowing the problem is there, and, and you know, requiring them to act. I think those processes are there. Those people are there. Those forums are there. They've been put in place. Um, all the necessary experts are there to provide support as well. But um, somehow it doesn't translate into health services that are patient-centered, that are delivering the care that people need, and that are achieving the outcomes uh, that are needed. And, uh, you know, I mean, having these, um, you know, like Auditor General reports and, uh, you know, placing pla- pl- placing provinces under administration, I mean, they clearly re- reveal that there are problems in the system, but I'm not sure that we've gotten a handle of what the solution should be. Um, and, and I mean, I think it's... A quest for justice by Albie Sachs.